0: Menovation. You can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast. Episode 23 of Menovation coming in this morning. We have a, a doozy for you. Uh, we have a story of someone who basically almost died, uh, and a year later is just about back to normal. Um, has a had a really bad accident, motorcycle accident. Uh, today is joining us is Chris Memet, uh, and he's going to be sharing his journey, what it was like to almost die, the healing, uh, just the depression leading through that, how he uh, navigated his marriage and everything in between. Uh, so welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Good hey, to hey. be here. Uh, excited. So that's what we're gonna do today. But first, um, Chris, we just wanted to say thank you for being on the show. We love you. me. Uh, I was
1: excited. I couldn't sleep. Chris <laughs> Mehmet of Mehmet Prosthetics. Promise. Prostates or prosthetics? Prosthetics. <laughs> prosthetics. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> just made it up. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. But Chris is just one of—he's uh, just—he's just always full of joy. Very sarcastic. Great, loves to have a great time. Uh, never afraid to give you shit for something. Um, but he is uh, one of the people that uh, has really just poured into our kids of our church. Has a great heart for that, and that's not for everybody. Oh, and he's no. been doing it two years, three years? Three years since three I, years. I came. Yeah. Yeah. Since I started. Coming. So, uh, just a great heart. Him and his wife are amazing, but he's got a powerful story. Uh, so we want to dive in and start to get into it. So, Chris, uh, take us through, give us just kind of a lead up to before the crash, yeah. maybe what was going on in your life. Um, kind of lay some
1: groundwork for that. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, Kind of taking it back to last spring. uh, So my crash happened last October. So it was October 2020. You know, October. Last year was great, but ended on a higher note by almost dying. So, (laughs) Uh, but in the spring I had, like I was starting to just fall apart. I, I, I felt like I had no worth really of being here. I had no reason to be here. I had no, like, I was doing that grind day to day, just going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. Um, and I just couldn't find, like, I, I had joy cause joy doesn't come from your feelings, but I just wasn't happy. Um, mm-hmm. and come June, uh, I was still you know, like getting close to rock bottom and I, I knew getting a bike wouldn't obviously make. Me happy but I've always wanted a bike in my my life and I needed another car and I'd actually wanted a truck but I didn't want to spend $80,000 on a truck and $10,000 on a new bike was a hell of a lot cheaper so um, so we went in got it and uh, S- Sarah my wife was actually very against it because obviously it, she's <laughs> like people don't know how to drive
0: you almost died so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you ride yeah. bikes
1: before I've actually never ridden so i've always wanted to i always saw bikes i always i was like wow that'd be so cool to, to ride so i actually i went in i tested a bunch of different bikes i signed up for um uh, you have to go through driving school to get uh so i actually have a different license um as well and i'd gone through that i'd, I'd loved going through the driving school riding the bike going through the courses different stuff so i was like oh this is perfect i i want to do this um so i ended up getting the bike. And I got it June. Uh, it was probably the second week of June, uh, second or third. So it was that year. Oh yeah, I okay. had my bike for three months. Wow. For some reason, I thought you had it longer than that. It huh. felt longer. <laughs> and then I look back and I'm like, oh, it's only three months. Wow. <laughs> Sadly, because I definitely miss it. <laughs> um, yeah, I got it, and then through that month, it just kept, it just kept getting worse. It's was, it was mm. just downhill. And full disclaimer: I knew that I was getting bad but I wasn't doing anything to change it. I kept telling myself, like, oh, I, I shouldn't be here. Oh, I, ke- I kept telling Sarah, mm. which is a very bad thing to do, um, of like, you don't need me. I'm worthless. Ouch. Uh. Wow. Um, I should just die. And, and so I was literally like just constantly telling myself over and over that I should just die. Like just words of Jeez. death constantly. Wow. Um, How long did you say that went on for? Probably... It was that, that month of July. So I, I crashed mm. October first. It was uh, uh, it'd be July. Actually, no, July wouldn't be. It would be more August. It was about a month. It was about a month before. I guess I got my months wrong. It'd be September. Whatever. It all mixes. Yeah, <laughs> <Don't worry laughs> I, mean, I, I think that we need to talk a little bit about, you know, what happened, how about the accident? Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. Sure. Just yeah. so the people can understand what we. Well, he's going to lead yeah. up to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Into the, into the day of. He's foreshadowing. Yeah, that, He's foreshadowing. That, that <laughs> I am foreshadowing. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. I was just speaking all this death, mm. um, and leading up to that day. So that day I, uh, you know, there's days that you don't want to go to work. There's sure. days that you don't mm. want to do anything. And it's just kind of like, uh, you think about it for a second. And then especially with, with work, um, I do pest control. So a lot of my schedule is on other people's schedules. So whenever I think I don't want to go to work, my next thought is I have all these people's schedules that I just mess up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not that type of person, I'm very accountable. So I'm like, no, I'll just go to work. But that day, I was literally right on the edge of texting my dad and telling him I'm not coming. So you better figure out how to reschedule people. Wow. And I was running late and I was just like, no, no, I'm not that person, I'll just leave. So I'm supposed to be in the office by 8.30, but it was actually nine before I even left. Mm. Um, and I'm on my bike. I literally, I kind of remember it was just, I was almost like tunnel visioned going to work. I could still see everything, Mm -hmm. but as far as like spiritually and emotionally, I was just very, like, if you could look at me, my head was probably down. I just, Mm. I just did not want to go. I was riding the speed limit, which tells you if you're on a bike and you're riding the speed limit, you probably aren't doing very good (laughs) (laughs) because no one rides the speed limit. But uh, I had made it almost to work. I was two blocks away and uh, I was driving in the left-hand lane and she was in the center lane and she turned left in front of me. A car length away I literally was I was going 45 I had uh, such little time to react that I let go of my gas and before I could grab the brake with my hand I hit the front of her car Oof. Wow! and right as I hit impact I felt myself fly forward and then I blacked out which I thank the lord I blacked out because I would have probably tried to stop myself sure. um, it would have been a lot worse but blacked out ended up on the ground. Um, laying on my right hand side and through it all. And especially looking back, I think if like, if you think of yourself, wouldn't you be freaking out? Like, I feel like mentally you'd be just chaos after hitting the ground and coming mm. back to from a crash, sure. but I wasn't, I was literally laying there completely calm and I felt like, a, I've never felt it before. And, uh, I've only felt it once after, There's just complete peace. I knew it was God sitting there and I was just on the ground and I was like, I'm alive. I'm not going to die. I knew I was completely fine. And everyone else around me is freaking out. They're all, they're like, I had people bending down. Are you okay? Oh my gosh. Are you alive? Can you, and, Mm. um, I had the fire department checking my back multiple times. Um, it was almost 10 times before they, I finally just told them I'm fine. Stop. Just let me be. And, uh, yeah, it was a mess. So, but when I was on the ground, I actually had um, a lady that I remember seeing. She was, she had a red shirt on and black pants. She bent down and said, she said specific words. She said, everything is going to be all fine with you. You're going to live. Who can I call to notify? And I said, my dad, because I was two blocks away. I knew he would get there mm. faster. And then she's like, all right, he, he's notified. Who can I, who else can I call? And I had him call Sarah. And then she's like, all right, you're good to go. And she stepped back and I didn't see her again. And I've told, I, I was blacked out and I told people that I saw her because my dad actually asked me who called me. And he's like, There's, there was nobody there. When he got there, he even asked cops. He asked everybody. Wow. And the lady that I saw, nobody else saw. And wow. Even the boyfriend. So the lady that hit me was picking up her boyfriend at a um, uh, mechanic shop. He even said he saw her bend down but then he didn't see where she came from and he didn't see where she went. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, who did I see and who was helping? Like, wow. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, it just kind of all lead. I mean, that whole lead up to that point. Now looking back, I can see how I set myself up for failure with your words because your words have power. So it was just like a. now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, it just really shows you how you should speak words of encouragement in life over yourself. Otherwise, one day, you could be riding a bike and almost die. Yeah, so. it's, it's amazing the whole, uh, the
0: euphoricness that hits you after an accident. Yeah. Right? Uh, I remember when I was in an accident when I was younger. I was coming home. It was, it was wet and icy and all this kind of stuff. And my car broke free. And I like spun and I hit uh, one of the big reflectors that was sitting on the side of the road. And I rolled my, my car a bunch. Um, and I remember getting out of the car because there was literally just like a bubble. Around where I was sitting, the only thing that happened was I got a gash in my hand. Wow! And I remember it was almost like time slowed down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you get out, and you're just like, obviously, all the adrenaline and all the thing is pumping, and you're just yeah. like, it's very, it's a very strange feeling. So.
1: Oh yeah, like you, I was, I was gonna say, like the uh, you said, time slowed down mm. from the time I hit her car and the time I landed on the ground. The boyfriend she was picking up was on the side strip of grass. And I came to as he stepped his foot off of the grass,
0: you remember that instant, yeah, like watching his foot,
1: wow. I personally thought it was like thirty seconds I blacked out or so. It was mm. literally like boom, boom boom, on the ground. he was stepping off, like it happened so fast, but like mm. you said, how time it just felt like everything slowed so far mm. down. yeah,
0: so people all you hear about these near death experiences, mm-hmm. you know they uh, Saw a light or whatever. Yeah. And it's like something so spiritual, it seems like. Yeah. Did you ever experience that? Or was that your experience with time just slowing
1: down? I didn't experience that. I think majority of my stuff was just I felt I felt like God was standing there. And in my entire soul, I just felt I'm gonna be okay. No matter what happens from this time, this point forward of me being on the ground, I know I'm gonna be fine. I didn't have a single worry that I wasn't going to walk. I didn't have a single worry that I was going to have mental issues. I didn't like everything. Uh, obviously my wife was completely emotionally just, just destroyed. I was actually her rock as far as emotion, because when it came to, and even this past year, every time something would happen, I'd be like, babe, it's fine. God's Mm -hmm. got this. I lived through a crash. And even on that crash, um, I Actually, I forgot to say too, I had a backpack on, a riding backpack that actually had um, I had a glass jar of applesauce. I had coffee, mug, and then I also had uh, containers and stuff for lunch. And it z- zips, it uh, actually secures down solid. So it's actually, it's really difficult to get on and off um, with my riding jacket. In the middle of me crashing and landing on the ground, my backpack ended up down the road. Wow. Wow. And my biking jacket actually isn't ripped. It literally looks like I didn't do anything. So do you anything. think if you would have fell on that, maybe it would have... I would like... have broke my back. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I had enough stuff in it that if I'd have fell on it, yeah, I would have shattered sense. my back. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeez. I'm like, how... Because it, it like literally zips to your jacket, right? It doesn't zip, but I had it um, I had it, uh, pulled down really tight. tight yeah, so that it wouldn't fly off on my bike yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And it had gotten, and I have padding in my shoulder and everything. So it actually got over the padding on both arms and off of me. Cause I did not take nice. it off. So what were your injuries then? So I shattered both my wrists, um, both my radiuses, they were in complete pieces. Um, my right hand not only shattered, but bent as well into almost like a Z pattern um, and then I also shattered my pelvis. My whole right side was in pieces and then the left side had cracks and stuff through it. But even that, I was really fortunate enough that it shattered, but it didn't displace. The kind of the, it was almost like, uh, easiest way to describe it is it was just all, cra- like millions of cracks all through my pelvis, but it was all still in its wow actual pattern. Jeez. Wow, it's yeah. like It's
0: almost like when you hit a pane of glass it's, or it's yeah.
1: spiders, but wow. But stays together. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing because they were really worried about that. And the only way to fix a pelvis, you can't cast it. Uh, so you have to either go in and put plates in um, or you just let it hopefully heal itself. Um, and that was one of the things too that I definitely knew God had a hand on. Even though it cracked, I feel like he didn't allow it to just all just pull apart into pieces. Cause you also got to think all your leg muscles, all your core, everything attaches to your pelvis. Mm. So mm-hmm. it, with a cracked pelvis and all your muscles, technically your muscles should pull against that, yeah. which would then pull it apart, but it didn't. What
0: uh, you mentioned briefly, you said if you hadn't blacked out, you feel like something would have been worse.
1: Do you feel like your injuries would have been worse? I definitely feel like my injuries would have been okay. worse. Um, I kind of relate it to like a drunk driver. And when you hear about stories of a drunk driver hitting someone, usually the person that's not drunk dies. The drunk driver doesn't. And if you look into the the why, it's usually because your body's relaxed. And so you almost ragdoll. And so Mm. it allows you to take more blows. It allows you kind of the same instance as if you're running at a wall, you almost allow yourself to cushion. Whereas if you stiff arm it, you break arms. Um, I feel like if I would have been awake, I would have probably seen... Because when I hit the car... I shattered wrists on impact on my bike, and then I hit the uh, hood with my pelvis. um, And my bike shattered my pelvis, and then I actually hit the windshield with my head. Um, Which side note: if you are riding a bike and don't have a full face helmet, I would really recommend it (laughs) because I hit my jaw. (laughs) Wow! And my entire helmet on my jaw area is is like four or five layers deep of just a complete just gap in my helmet. and I think if I would have wouldn't have blacked out, I would have tried to put my arms up. I would have tried to do something to block your head, just natural instinct. Yeah. And I feel like I would have broke arm, would have broke elbow, things like that. So. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So Sarah arrived on the scene pretty quickly. I assume or Sarah and your dad.
1: No. Oh. So she actually she had the day off. Uh, the lady that called her, she thought it was a scam call, sure. she didn't answer it, <laughs> which nowadays is very believable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. She was actually just chilling, and my my dad when he got there. So to kind of lead that up to the there was actually I didn't realize it, but there was a fire truck five or six car lengths behind me. <laughs> Full god story because that Jeez. never happens. They were actually running late, headed to uh, the other side of the valley uh, in West Valley to do a training, and they just so happened to be right behind me, and they were running late. Wow. Um, and so they were actually right to me. Like I had landed on my right hand side. And so my right hip was just it excruciating and it didn't even actually, it didn't break. I didn't bruise my hip or anything, but it just felt Jeez. like I shattered my right side and I'm laying on my right hand side. And I really, I, I just knew if I laid on my back, all the pain would go away. And I was, I <laughs> the first thing I thought was I'm going to have to lay here for an ambulance to come. And this is going to be the worst 10 minutes of my life. Hmm. And, uh, and it, did, it wasn't literally within 30 seconds. I had fire department sitting right there. They were they had pulled the truck up and they were out and they were checking my back. And then within a minute, they laid me down. Wow. They had art, They had seen it happen. So an ambulance was already on the way. Um, and within five minutes of me being on that scene, I was already in the ambulance and away from the scene. Good lord! So my dad literally got yeah. there. They bent down right after the fire department. They they said. Uh, they just said we're here or, you know, just so you know. And then they stood up and the, the paramedics were there and they had actually had me strapped to the board by the time the ambulance pulled in mm. and they had me up and in, it was so fast. It was wow. so fast. And so then he actually called uh, Sarah and said, Hey, he's going to the emergency room, which she did not know what happened. So she's like, wait, what? And yeah. so yeah. then everything just sure. falls apart from there. Yeah. Um, I actually beat her she beat me to the uh, um, hospital hospital Um, I don't remember the ride to the hospital but she beat me there Uh, (laughs) wow and she was (laughs) she beat the ambulance she beat the ambulance (laughs) and she was livid because they would not tell her where I was she thought I was there Mm -hmm. and so she's like he's here and she's telling them all the information they're like ma'am we don't
0: you see, like, walk in. Like, oh, wait, there he is. Yeah. She's like, yeah. So
1: she's yelling, she's yelling, and all of a sudden, I come through the door. She looks at the lady, she's like, I'm so sorry, and just walks over to him. I, I don't remember any of that. The uh, the next, I remember getting the ambulance, the next step from that, I remember being on the ICU table,
0: mm.
1: um, and I remember a doctor just saying, hey, I'm here, we're going to put IVs in you, all this type of stuff, and it's funny that you say it. I joke about everything, because I knew as well in this instant, I could take two different routes. I could be completely emotional wreck and just make everything worse or I could take the lighter side of it and see the joy in what's happening um, and just make jokes. Sure, and, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, and uh, so the the staff was telling me, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And they had to put a catheter in um, for obvious reasons. And... As he was about to do it, he was uh, uh, well. Let me back up just slightly. So, when I came back to him and they told me who it was, I didn't care. I just said, "Is my wife here?" I, I and and they're they're like, "Yep, she's right here." And and he, she's like, she bends down and told me, and I was like, "Awesome! Oh, perfect!" And then I was just cool. And then when he said the catheter thing, he was like, "Is there anything I could do to help?" you make it better. And I'm, and now looking back, I'm like, like, what, what would I tell you to make it better? I know, right. Yeah. And then, uh, I, not sticking a catheter in me, not, said, great, yeah, yeah. not have a broken pelvis or anything. <laughs> but then, uh, my joke was, uh, he, I looked at him and I was like, yeah, can I make out with my hot wife? <laughs> and he stops. He's like, that would actually make my job harder if, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay then. Never mind. Um, <laughs> But it was just fun. It was like, the whole staff was telling her, Sarah, they were like, he's taking this really well. And she's like, yeah, he's always been uh, taking the joy out of everything. And um, and I really think that that helped especially her emotionally because if mm. I would have been a wreck, it would have just destroyed
0: uh,
1: everything. Right. Um,
0: do you think so. in that moment that your mentality started to shift from the depression? I mean, obviously it was just brand new. It just happened. Um, but it's interesting in that moment you didn't lean towards depression or the things that you were, your suicidal thoughts you were having. Yeah. You leaned towards joy. Yeah. Which is interesting. So
1: Mm. I think in that, not necessarily that yet. Um, I think majority of what, uh, yes, it did lead up to that. It did lead up to the point of like, I started thinking about what happened in the past, what am I going through now? All that type of stuff. And, that day, I just thought more of, like, because on the ride there, I did say, like, "Are you, God? Do you even are you even listening to me? Are you even listening to what I'm telling you?" Wow. Because I feel like, and he's like, "Yep, here." Yeah. He's <laughs> like, "I got you." And 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 so after, almost immediately after I was on the ground, and even leading up to that, and my blacking in and out, all I just felt was, I could have just died. Yeah. And I said, the only thing now that I have that I know is going to be my rock is what God's going to do for me. And then, um, my relationship building here with my wife, but majority overall, I just knew that God was going to take care of everything. I knew that everything was going to be completely fine. And that's really what I just kept my basis on. I just kept constantly thinking, I know God's going to fix it. I know God's going to fix it. I know we're going to be okay. And even when I was in the, um, after the ICU, they took me to the trauma center. And when I was in there um, that that first day, it happened on a Thursday, and then I couldn't have surgery till Friday on my arms. And that was that was probably one of the most excruciating pains I've had in my wrist. My left hand I actually couldn't feel because it shattered so bad. Um but my right hand, because of the bending, it was all it was out of place, but not shattered, so the nerves hadn't just almost become numb. They could still feel what was going on And because everything was out of place. My right arm just, it hurt. Like I have a very high tolerance of pain and have also a very high tolerance of drugs. Um, and so if I, like even at the dentist, they have to give me the highest amount in order to numb my teeth. That's how, how it will get. And on my right hand, they had already given me like pain meds and I was at a 12. Like, they literally came in and I was in such excruciating pain that I was crying, like, just rolling wow. tears. Um, and I was shaking so bad, my whole bed was shaking. And uh, Don't you love that question? What's your pain tolerance right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I looked at them and I... <laughs> like, what do you think? In the middle of tears, I told them, uh, I, I, I said, I have a high pain tolerance. I was almost yelling at the nurse. I'm like, I cannot. This is way too excruciating. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, well. And I understand they their reasoning to be cautious, but at the same time, I'm like, I just hit a car. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but even then, I I just knew that the other thing would that would fix it or would help was Sarah uh, so was like, what can I do for you? And I knew that if I got my headspace in the right area, that it would be better. And so sh- I had her turn on worship music, and it definitely calmed it down. And then they gave me more meds, and I kind of just laid there listening to worship as I kind of thought about what just happened this morning yeah it was yeah it was crazy yeah. so um but so that yeah. was kind of your first
0: getting to the hospital the initial things going on yeah the yeah. first day i will say this just the random comment is i am all the the times that i have either been in an accident or seen the hot like i've been really impressed with like the first responders the emts mm-hmm. when you get to the hospital and know i know there's bad experiences from time to time but um that, like you said, like they were behind you within 30 seconds, they were on top of you, yeah, like mm-hmm. taking care of you and all those things, yeah. Um, and I remember one time Lindsay went into the hospital, uh, and as soon as they decided to act, it's just like a flurry of people, like everybody comes bolting into the room and they're all like just off the races doing their thing. It's like a pit oh, yeah. group, right? Oh. um, and it's amazing, yeah, it's really oh, yeah. cool to watch, um,
1: especially in the, oh, yeah, in the ICU, oh. yeah, they're like. Next level. And they're, they're coming in and telling you who they are and like what they're going to do. And you're like, like this person on your right-hand side telling you they're going to do this. This person on the left. There's a person at your feet. Like, mm-hmm. like You're like in and out and in and running around. And you're like, what is going... Okay. Like, yeah. And, but yeah. they have to get your permission. So you have to continually tell yes <laughs> as you're blacking in and out of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was... Yeah, it was... Um, by that day, that day was difficult because uh, obviously this was during COVID time. So Mm. I actually wasn't Mm, allowed to have more than one person in my room. Yeah, which don't get me started. I think it's a joke. Yeah, because yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, I only got to choose two people. To be in my, and they and it wouldn't could not switch. I could not allow any other people in. Wow. Um, my dad was not allowed to see me. So for an entire week, he couldn't come in. He had a Zoom call. Just because COVID. Huh. They told me that I could only choose two people, and they weren't allowed to switch. Well, who were the two people? My mom. Oh, and my well, my sense. wife. Well, <laughs> the problem mama. was yeah. is that my mom got a cold, so they wouldn't let her in the hospital. Oh. So my mom saw me the first day, and then every day after that was just Sarah. So I'm Jeez. like, I could have chose, like I I wouldn't have chose somebody else. But now, but like if you think yeah. of it on that same sense, it was yeah, it was a mess. But during that day it was um was was a lot of like my 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 arms still hurt even after they gave me the the meds uh, it was just throbbing pain mm. um I was at a twelve, and then after they gave me what they gave me, I was probably down to a six, so it was bearable, but I was still just shaking the yeah. whole yeah, and it was twenty four hours I think I got my surgery the next day around three or four p m Wow, um, so you
0: said it was your wrist and your pelvis basically that were
1: broken, yes, okay, and I did get um I had MRI I had like four cat scans I had um Multiple ultrasounds. This is all on the first day. Yeah, X rays. Yeah. They did so once they the um ICU leading up to there. I kind of was I was in and out. I don't remember really opening my my eyes. The only thing I remember in the middle of all that was uh <laughs> I just remember somebody saying, "Take a deep breath, hold it. Okay, now let it out." And I couldn't figure out what was going on. I like I wasn't <laughs> opening my eyes, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And then uh, later on the story that uh, I was, I had to go through another CAT scan, but I was actually coherent. Yeah, and the machine did it, and I looked back. I'm like, "That's what it was." <laughs> it was. It was the.
0: Uh, uh, Isn't a bunch of clicking and everything?
1: It was the uh, yeah, the CAT scan machine does it. It tells you to hold your breath, and then, which I'm like, "Wow," being passed out, I followed it, and it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the. Yeah, kind of leading up to, yeah, it was just pretty much the blackout the whole day. I slept a lot that whole day. Um, I didn't really feel anything um, except for my arms. And they, the next day after surgery, my arms felt a million times better. Like my right wrist. Like I said, I have a high pain tolerance. So after I got my surgeries, I was fine. Like they came in and they're like, "What well, can we give you more meds? Are you doing okay? And I'm like, no, I'm doing cool. Wow. I actually did not have any pain med um except just Tylenol from my surgery so Friday until uh almost till I left so like that Wednesday Thursday yeah and they were like what you should be you should be needing something and I'm like no I like literally was not lying to you the first day huh. so um so what uh how long was the surgeries so <laughs> They told Sarah they were going to be 30 minutes each. They told me as well. They 30 said 30 minutes? Wow. Yeah, they said it'd be quick. They were like, wow. we see that his wrist is shattered, but it'll actually be pretty easy. We're just going to go put a plate in, screw it in, kind of put them back together. Take us 30 minutes each arm. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. Two and a half hours go by. She's calling down there freaking out. Is he okay? Is he alive? What's going on? And yeah. they're like, yeah, we're so sorry. He, they just finished his left arm she's like, it took them two and a half hours. And they said that when they got in there, my bones were shattered so much that they it was like putting a little tiny jigsaw puzzle all back oh together. Oh, my gosh. They could see that on the scan? You could see it was shattered, but they didn't see all the little tiny just pieces everywhere. Oh, so they had to wow. kind of clean it up, and they had to pull them all back and then position them in the correct position oh and then gosh. plate it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh. So the The left one took that long, but my right one, like I said, bent rather than shattered. It shattered a little bit, but then bent majorly. Wait a second, you said bent? It did bend, so it didn't break. It broke and bent in a different spot. So, oh, but it didn't oh, wow. shatter. Uh, yeah, it kind of yeah, it broke and displaced a little bit, but it only took them thirty minutes to put back together.
0: Gotcha. Um, okay. I didn't. want
1: did forget- a clean break. Than- yeah, it was a little bit easier for him. Okay, um, which is I think is why is it why it bent because my left took majority of the force, whereas my right didn't. Gotcha. Um, which is kind of interesting because my right is where I had all my nerve issues, oh. so it's kind of weird. However, um, yeah. So it took him. Um, I was in surgery a total of I think three hours, and then it took three and a half before I finally came out of anesthesia. Um, and then I was back in my room. Yeah. So, and then I just chilled the rest. I. And what about your pelvis? Pelvis, so they, they did CAT scans and MRIs and stuff on it, but I didn't have any plates because it wasn't displaced. Uh, they just said, you need to let it sit. You're not allowed to walk on it until you're cleared to walk. Wow. wow. I was not cleared to walk for over a month and a half. Um, they actually told me, I probably, kind of before I left, they told me that it would take up to 12 weeks for me to, st- to start walking again, for me to start using my hands, different things like that. Um, and I started walking in f- six, and I started using my hands in six on the same exact day. The doctor said, "You've like, you've been had like crazy, uh, healing." And he's like, "You, you can walk." And I was like, "I knew I could walk early. I knew God would fix it." Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, and I look back and I'm like, "Why wasn't it just immediate?" And that, there's obviously reasons to that, and I, I can get to that later. Yeah. Um. Go into, okay, so sorry, I not interrupt you, but go okay. into
0: just your state of mind when you were drugged. So
1: really all of the state of mind when I was drugged was actually just calm. I really didn't have any issues. The only issue I had was they gave me, and um, I can't remember the drug name, in the ICU. They actually wanted to bend my arm back. Um, and so they gave me something that doesn't put you to sleep, but it's, it's designed to make your brain almost—I um, don't know Relaxed, I it. guess. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, is if they give you slightly too much, you'll start to hallucinate, and you'll go into like this whole chaotic thing. And they gave it to me, and while I had actually blacked out, and then in my blackout, it wasn't like anesthesia. If you've ever had anesthesia, you just black out and then you come back to. Mm-hmm. It was not like that. Mm. I literally blacked out, and then I was—I uh, remember standing in a full black void. And every memory of my entire life was flashing back and forth oh, mm. um, and it was spinning. And I just remember it spinning and thinking, oh my gosh, this is my whole life. What was it real? Am I real? Am I alive? Am I dead? I like my, I could not grasp what was happening. And then I finally came back to, and I looked at the doctor. I was like, do not give me that drug again. It was the worst experience Jeez. I've ever had. Damn. Um, every other drug since then, everything they gave me, I was actually just perfectly fine. Chilling. Um, but in, in that week, it, 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 it got worse. Not only did I not only die from the crash, but then, uh, so Friday I had my surgeries. Saturday just felt like garbage. I just felt, which after getting off anesthesia, that happens. But leading up to that night, I just, it just kept getting worse, worse and worse and worse. And I kept feeling, I felt like crap. I kept feeling like more like crap. And through the night, it just, I just got worse and worse and worse progressively in my emotion and progressive, not, I guess not emotionally, but more of like physically. I just kept feeling like there's something not right. Mm. And up into Sunday morning, uh, I had an extreme migraine, the worst one I've ever had in my entire life. I could hear my heartbeat, like I'm laying on the bed on my back and I could actually hear it. Boom, boom. And it was really slow. And it was very deep to the point where every time my heart would beat, it would shake the bed. Jeez. And Sarah's like, there's not, there's something wrong. And the lady came in and she's like, oh my gosh, that should not be happening. They took my blood and you're supposed to sit around 17 hemoglobin, whatever that is. I was at four. Oh. If they let me go any uh, an hour or two longer, I would have actually died. What would ha- What happened was... When you get a pelvis break, it bleeds in that area, Um, but the problem is is I wasn't bleeding internally. It was like my body was absorbing all the blood, because when you bleed internally, you typically will bloat in that area, and then they can tell, oh my gosh, she's bleeding. Mm. wasn't doing that, and I'm skinny, so I mean, they were like, where the hell is all your blood going? And they found that my pelvis hadn't clotted yet, so all the blood was rushing to that area, so the rest of my body wasn't getting blood, which is why I had a migraine, why my heart was really struggling to pump. And so they immediately put me on, I had four red count, four white blood cell, and uh, the rest were plasma. It was 13 bags of transfusions total. Wow. So all day Sunday, was just constant. I had, they had put two IVs in each arm to pump as fast as they could. And this is just from your pelvis? Just from my pelvis. Taking, oh yeah, they put three, uh, they didn't know they would need that much, but they put three bags in and the, the head trauma nurse, uh, trauma doctor, was like, where the hell are you putting all this? Right, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then she's kept, she's, she's kept putting bags and she's like, it, it was, and it was happening so fast and my, count wasn't going up that she had their machines are designed to only put out a certain amount because mm. the problem that they run into is because of blood they don't want to put too much in too fast because if you have an allergic reaction they want to stop it before they put the entire bag in so she had to put the machines on the highest amount and then that's why she gave me four ivs because she was trying to get blood in as fast as she could because she knew that if she didn't i would have died again well not again but actually died Wow. Um, yeah, so that was Sunday. And then because I didn't have a blood clot and I couldn't move, they couldn't give me blood thinners in order for me not to get blood clots in my legs. So then Monday morning, they're doing an ultrasound on my legs and figure out that my left leg has a blood clot in the main artery getting closer and closer to my pelvis area. And they're like, well, we can't give you blood thinners. So now we have to put an IVC filter in. So then I had another surgery where they went in my neck and put, it's like a claw, a metal claw in your main artery that stops any blood clots coming to the heart um and because they can't Jeez. blood clot i mean blood thinner it's the only way to stop it so i had that in my body for 3 months um because what? they yeah they had to you wait you had a little claw it's just chilling in my body oh wow my God. yeah it, it they they had to go Jeez. a couple of days they had to wait for me to clot yeah. And then once my my um pelvis clotted, then I was put on blood thinners. Kind of a genius little idea though,
0: right? Yeah. It's just like a cloth, of blood can flow through, but yeah. nothing. Oh.
1: And they when I before they took it out, they t- put a little camera down in there and they looked to make sure there was no clots. Yeah. And if there wasn't, they'd take it, but if there was, they would actually left it there and waited cuz the blood thinner that I was on uh was designed to just disintegrate any blood clots. Yeah.
0: So when they took sorry, I was really no, no. when they took it out, was it just like they open, open back, open you back up, and just pull it out, or what?
1: Yeah. So the way it works is it actually it's got a little trigger on it. Um, it's almost like a an umbrella, so it but it, uh, a reversed umbrella. So they actually have a little uh, trigger that grabs it, and it collapses into a little thin. Uh mm. um, And then when they let go, it opens up. Yep. And So to pull it out, it's a, just a tiny, tiny little cut, and they just cut me on the exact same spot, went in and pulled it right out. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. So that. The, I had to be there a week because they wouldn't let me leave until they made sure that blood thinner wasn't going to kill me. Yeah. Um, but they put me on this blood thinner. A lot of blood thinners, people, it's like a, almost like a shot, but you have to go in almost daily to make sure that it's not changing your blood levels in different ways. But I, they put me on a pill because they told me, we do not want you going anywhere. We want you to sit home. We want you to not move. We want you to just stay. Um, the only reason you can leave is to go to doctor's appointments. Um, so that blood thinner made it so that I was allowed to, I, I wasn't, I didn't have to go into the hospital every single day to get poked. Because I got poked a lot. Oh my I bet. God, I've <laughs> never been poked so much in my life. Getting, I had blood drawn every four hours, the entire week I was there. So it got, it got a lot. And it, it was really difficult to sleep. Um, I'm not a back sleeper, so that made it even worse because oh, I had to lay on my back. Yeah. Um, and after Sunday, after the transfusions that night, they were like, "Is there anything we can do to help you?" And I looked at the nurse dead in the eye and I said, "Don't come in my room until like the mm. morning, please." <laughs> I said, "I know where your emergency button is. I'll let you know." And she was like, "All right." And they did not come in. Wow. They were like, "We're not going to check your blood. So if there's anything that you feel out of ordinary, please let us know." Yeah, yeah. And it was the best. I was the best night. After that, they kept coming in, but. Um, yeah, it was. So after all this, um,
0: after all this process of all these surgeries and, you know, making sure you're not dying from blood clots and all these things, mm-hmm. um, how soon was it before you
1: went home? So, uh, I went into the hospital Thursday and I came out the next Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. I was there a week Yeah, in the trauma unit. Okay. Talk about the process of going home. So Mm -hmm. I had to be able to, they wanted me. So so with broken wrists, I could not put weight on my forearms up. Mm. Um, So I had to use, I had to get really good at using my elbows in order to lift myself, in order to do anything. So they actually had to give me um, a walker that had elbow stilts. And so I had to hold my arms in the air and use my, my, my biceps in order to keep myself up. But I had to be able to use my um, core strength to pull my body up to the edge of the bed. And then Sarah would actually bear hug me and help me stand. But I couldn't put weight on my legs. I kind of just had to almost hold myself there and all my weight had to be on my arms. Um, And I had to be able to hold myself up and shuffle my feet side to side. And let me just tell you, hitting a car, destroys your muscles. Like every little ounce was nothing. I could not, like when I'm laying flat, I could not move my foot, my feet side to side and less than an inch. I couldn't move them because I had so much uh, muscle just destroyed that like my my bed was actually angled slightly and my foot would slowly slide off and I couldn't hold it to keep it on the bed. That's how much my... So, in order for me to walk and actually be able to shuffle, I couldn't move my legs, and so they had to get me to a point where I had enough strength to be able to slide my feet across the ground, in order to move. And then, had obviously, I'd have a wheelchair. Sarah had to get really good at bending over, um, putting her arms underneath me, and then li- like bear hugging me and lifting me in the air, um, because she couldn't grab pelvis. I couldn't. I didn't have enough strength to get up myself, and she couldn't use my arms. So it was extremely difficult to figure out. Once we figured it out, though, it was really easy. (laughs) So, but after that, it was the difficult part was actually at home. Um, I thought it was going to be really a lot better when I got home, but it was actually, as far as physically, it was actually really difficult once I got home. Not having the height of the hospital bed, not having all the uh, uh, technology and stuff they have there, the equipment was difficult because, um, my bed, I remember one night laying in my bed, uh, not being able to move, mind you still, I'm just laying there and my entire body ached. It was almost like my body was being squeezed, but pulled apart and I couldn't move. Mm. (laughs) I was just stuck. And so I remember it was 2 AM and I just was, I was just crying and I'm like, I, this is the worst thing in my life. I can't move. Yeah. I'm like, my whole body hurts. And because it was all bruised and hurt, she couldn't massage it. She couldn't do anything. Like you couldn't touch oh, it. And wow. So I just had to lay there and just practically just cry for two hours. And uh, uh, <laughs> even now it makes me want to cry because it it sucked. It was horrible. But I'm just laying in bed and not being able to move. It, it's just, it's the worst thing. Knowing what you could do literally a week before mm. and then knowing what you can't do now. Right. Um. So she just laid there for two hours as I just cried. She read, um, uh, like devotionals about, uh, like different things about God and like love and peace, like all of these different things. She just read to me for for two hours as I just laid there and cried, and couldn't move. And then I finally just cried myself to sleep. Um, that was a, the I, I uh, there was two times I broke down, and that was the first one. It was I think it was the second night home. Jeez, man, um. And then uh, it was just difficult and not being able to move. She had to move me for everything. Um, I couldn't feed myself because I couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't hold anything. Um, I had casts on up to my fingers. So she had to feed me every meal. Um, She had to, in order to pee, I had to like use my arms to get to the edge of a chair. And then she had a pee bucket um, that I had to pee into. And then she would go to the toilet and everything. So. Uh, which is extremely difficult. You don't realize mentally, your body does not want to pee if you're not actually on a toilet. <laughs> it took a lot of mental effort to get your body to actually mm. just pee in a chair with clothes on. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, no eating, no walking, no moving. I, even I couldn't move side to side. I kind of just had to sit in a chair. Did it, did it hurt to pee? Uh, actually, a little bit, yeah. Um, not too bad, but the hardest part was because it destroyed all the nerves. Like, I felt like I was peeing, but I wasn't. But then I couldn't feel that I was peeing. It was really difficult to gauge. And not only that, it, it so when you hit of the your pelvis from the front, there's nowhere for your internals to go because your pelvis is actually really, it's like a tight cradle. So when you hit it, it smashes everything, and the only way to go is up. So your urethra and your um, prostate, everything is all sitting together, and if it goes up, it rips apart. Ouch. Um, Fortunately for me, it didn't actually rip. It just stretched. And so there's a part of my urethra um, that is normal size, and then it actually shrinks down on one spot and then comes back to normal. Um, And in that spot is difficult. And even now, to be honest, it's still kind of a mental challenge to to uh get pee out. Like it doesn't I don't it doesn't pee at the normal rate anymore. It it's actually uh constricted. And so I kinda like if I really have to go, I stand there for like five minutes waiting for it all just to finally come out. Wow. Well, uh, so that's kind geez. of one of the residual effects. Yeah. 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 It still works. Like I still like now I can have sex. I can have, like everything. But there during that month and a half or so I couldn't have sex. Um, it actually hurt to get hard because all that blood would uh, go down. Like in the hospital, Sarah actually changed her clothes and I was like, nice. And then <laughs> I got blood. It hurt so bad. I was like, not <laughs> nice, not nice. And I'm looking away. I'm like, no, please, no, please. I'm like, you got to change your clothes somewhere else. Yeah, oh my gosh, she's got to wear a full sweatsuit <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the next month and a half. <laughs> exactly. So it was... Yeah, it it hurt and then even with the pelvis break and I, I, like I couldn't move, so she couldn't do anything to me because with my pelvis broke, you couldn't have any force, you couldn't have anything touching. Mm. So for a month and a half, there was nothing. Which doesn't seem too bad, but uh, full disclosure, we have a very good sex life and so I know some people don't can't say that, but for like me, I uh it's pretty much daily Mm -hmm. um and so then when you go almost daily to nothing uh for a month and a half it get it's really really tough there was a day that we called the doctor and it was like three 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 weeks past and they were like so we know we can't have sex but could you do other things (laughs) and he was like uh well i mean i guess if it doesn't hurt you could he's like um uh (laughs) <laughs> he, he like didn't even know what to say and it was de- definitely an awkward conversation to try to figure out. Um, but even then, it was still hard. Um, I couldn't I couldn't drink things. I actually, so in my living room, I've got a rocking chair and then my couch. I would actually, I got it down to the fact where I'd sleep on the couch and then during the day I'd be in the chair, um, which was actually hard because being in control, I'm very active during the day. Um, and so... You wear your body out. So at night you sleep really well. Yeah. But when you don't move for 24 hours for th- a month and a half, I didn't sleep. Like there were some nights I didn't sleep the whole night. I would just watch TV because I couldn't fall asleep. And my body uh, hurt so bad that if I fell asleep, I would just wake back up. Jeez. So the, um, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a month and a half of just trying to get, she had a routine, but really no routine. And then the, what made it worse was that after a week, uh, she had she it off for two weeks uh, with PTO, but then she had to go back to work. And she, Luckily she was able to work from home at that time. So she was working from, so now actually she's, is she working, was she at the time uh, managed 150 employees because she's a floor supervisor of her call center. Um, so she was trying to manage people and now manage pretty much a kid because I couldn't do nothing for myself, um, which we all, we joke still, that we're gonna be really good parents because she knows exactly <laughs> what to do to take care of a kid. <laughs> so that was just a big one. <laughs> so probably pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was yeah, it was a lot. Um I there was things I did like being there, I, I was all well, there's nothing I could do, so maybe I'll just read my Bible. Even that I couldn't do because I couldn't move my hands to flip the pages. Mm. On my right hand, I couldn't feel 3 of my fingers uh, because of the nerve damage. I can feel them now, thank the Lord. Um, but then I couldn't. So I couldn't feel that I'd grab a piece of paper. I couldn't feel if I could grab stuff. Not only that, I couldn't rotate my arms. Um, they were positioned where they stay just straight. And you couldn't rotate them, I couldn't bend them, I couldn't do anything. So in order to like grab something or move something, I had to uh, use my elbows and you obviously can't flip papers, pages mm-hmm. of a book with your elbows so I, I started reading one day she put it on a pillow in front of me and I got through the page and then I was like oh can you come turn this and she's like babe I'm, I'm working I can't continually turn pages for mm-hmm. you Um. so then it was like okay I can't do that so I, I was really left to just watching TV for a month and a half which sounds really cool until you do it after a week yeah, and you're like this you're is all the right. dumb Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah so it just takes your whole life and just crashes it into a million pieces is what it felt like. It felt like everything was just destroyed. Um, and there was a night. Uh, so obviously that happened in October, so I couldn't uh, walk until the middle of November. Um, and even then it took a, it took the month, month and a half um, to be able to actually start walking by myself again. Um, and so I think it was, middle of no, a little bit through November, we got snow here. And I love winter, it's one of my favorite times. And I was sitting, we were in an apartment that had a big bay window and I was sitting in the chair facing out as I was watching the snow come down and it was night. And um, I was in pain, uh, I couldn't do anything. And I'm just staring at the snow outside and I just started crying and I was like, that was the first time that I thought I'm gonna sue this lady for everything she has. Mm. um up to that point I was like no it was an accident up to the no 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 and then at that point I was just like I deserve look at what my month is and and all I could think of was she hit me in a car she got some internal bruising from her airbag otherwise her life is completely fine um at least that's what I you know I perceived it as obviously with her she could have been a complete mess Mm. emotionally or whatever but for me I was just like I'm gonna I deserve a truck. I deserve a truck. I deserve a house. I deserve all this type of stuff. And I started to go into this like negative mindset of me, me, me. And uh, Sarah kind of stopped me and was like, babe, it was an accident though. Are you really wanting to destroy her life Mm -hmm. over what happened? And then I kind of thought about it and I sat there and I was like, you're right. I'm alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything is completely fine. Right. She doesn't deserve to have her life ruined. Um, And so at that, second, I said, all right, God, I don't care if I don't make a single cent. I want you to make sure my medical bills come out zero. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. We're going to end there for this episode. <laughs> Before we go
0: into the rest of his story, make sure you tune in next episode to episode 24 to hear all of the amazing things God did, the way he showed up, Uh, it's just too many things to even tell. So we're devoting an entire episode to it. Um, But this is just part one of Chris's story and this amazing journey that he's been on. Um, In episode 24, you'll start to hear a little bit of the renovation, if you will, that happened Mm -hmm. in his life. God basically used this demo to wake him up, to do all these things in his life. So do not miss episode 24. It's powerful. It's amazing. You'll jump, you'll cheer, you'll cry. Um, but tune in next week. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at uh, Menovation Podcast. And uh, we'll check you guys next week. Bye.